Today's episode is brought to you by FRW Studios, a damn fine design studio as fresh and authentic as the beer you brew. FRW Studios has created killer can designs for dozens of brewers we love, including the Lost Abbey, the Hop Concept, Port Brewing, and so many other craft favorites. Creative director Julie White has happened to design the 15th anniversary Stone Brewings book, as well as over 20 books for the Brewers Association. In fact, the Brewers Association says Julie is authentic, creative, reliable, and hands down one of the best graphic designers they've worked with. So send them your brand and they'll send you back an original design that fits it or takes it to the next level, if that's what you're into. Hop on over to unitedwedrink.com slash FRW Studios to see what the buzz is about. And while you're at it, download FRW's Crash Course in Branding for tips and tricks of the trade. Everyone who downloads the PDF will automatically qualify for a chance to win a custom design for your next project. Now that's something to drink about. You make the beer taste good. FRW Studios makes it look good. The opinions and statements in this podcast do not represent those of the hosts, employers, co-workers, family, or imaginary friends. Now enjoy the show. Happy hour, more like amateur hour. Welcome to United We Drink. Welcome back to the podcast that has more Christmas spirit than a Home Depot parking lot in December. Welcome to United We Drink, right here on unitedwedrink.com, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and wherever fine podcasts are found. My name is Mikey Revich. I enjoy hot cider, the smell of fir trees, and watching Home Alone 1 and 2 back-to-back. I am joined by my two co-hosts of the show. First up is a man who hopefully now could admit that he's too old to attend music festivals. It's Phil Palmisano. Uh, not while my wife is working on my nut. <laughs> <laughs> my other co-host believes that Die Hard is the best Christmas movie of all time, and he will fight you about it, as we kind of found out last week. His name's Joel Codner. No, I didn't say it was the best. It's probably the best action movie, but it's not the best Christmas movie. The best Christmas movie is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I'll agree with that one. Well, thanks everyone for joining us and those who have continued to listen to the show. What are we drinking tonight, gentlemen? I'll start with Joel. I am enjoying a lovely bottle of 2019 uh, Goose Island Bourbon County Stout. Picked one up the other day at Lucky's Market in Coral Springs. I went in there just to grab a couple quick things and got really excited when I saw Copper Point uh, A10 on the draft system, but their kegerator was down, so I said, shit. So I grabbed a bottle of uh, Bourbon County that was uh, sitting on the counter there, and uh, it's awesome. Just just rich, chocolatey, decadent, uh, really good beer. And if anyone wants to at me with the crafty corporate, just fuck off. The people who would probably at you that bullshit probably stood in line waiting for the variants. Yeah. I'm drinking Celebration. Yay. I finally found it. At the Total Wine in Boynton a couple weeks ago. And uh, I love this beer. Phil? 
The uh, show was totally lacking seltzers last week, so I'm drinking a Wild Basin Black Raspberry. <laughs> I'm all in on seltzers this week, guys. Uh, I guess on that note, you're going to take us into the news because yeah, I know what so, we kick off with. <clears throat> let's start out with some seltzer news. Um, <laughs> I know you guys were excited to see that come across the uh, the hotline on Slack this week. Um Big news coming out of Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola Company is suing White Claw over the usage of the u- the word Surge or the Surge name. Um, so the Coca-Cola Company is seeking to block trademark re- registration application filed by White Claw maker Mark Anthony Brands claiming the hard seltzer brand does not have the right to use the word surge as a new line extension basically white claw hard seltzer surge is what the company is trying to register coca-cola saying no what say you guys is this a fair lawsuit i'll go first and say it's completely fair i think coca-cola's got this i mean surge has been around since what the 90s this is a complete no-brainer to me and i don't think it makes sense you know you've already got enough people going there's no laws and drinking claws and i've i've literally seen people in cars with white claws on the road you know hashtag visit florida but to add the word surge to it makes it sound like an energy drink which i don't think helps anybody and this i mean you might as well call it mr pib or dr check or, you know, I mean, come on, this this is too obvious. I mean, you know, we sit here, as, you know, in the beer industry and rack our brains trying to come up with names. We, you know, for me, I'm very, like I've said it before on the podcast, I'd rather have an unoriginal boring name that's original. Sorry, what did I just say? An unoriginal boring name yeah, that's original. That. Strike that, reverse it. <laughs> uh, what I meant was I'd rather have a boring name than something that's unoriginal or used by somebody else, even though I'm in a non-distributing brew pub and there's literal no chance of crossover. Still, uh, I'd rather have a name that's my own. And for the biggest seltzer brand to try to use a Coca-Cola brand name is preposterous, and they should have known better. Coke's got this. I'm I'm with Joel. Uh, I I think that it's, it's silly to think that you would have gotten away with that. Um, and, and Coke not notice it. I know that Sur- Surge hasn't been on the market normally for a number of years. I know they've done a few like special editions where they bring it back here it's and out there. there. Oh, it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's in I, gas you, stations. Oh, I didn't know that in, it was back full time. I, I thought yeah, it you, was. You go into the right gas station in the wrong neighborhood. You'll find Surge. <laughs> 16 ounce cans too, I think. Or oh, at yeah. least the last oh, yeah. one I got was 16 ounce. I mean, it's an iconic brand um, with its bright colors uh, on the can, and it was like the the alternate to do uh, in its day and age. Uh, I I don't know why they thought uh, they could just go for it, but you know what? Props to them for trying. But fuck off, you you're in the wrong. Here. <laughs> Well, keep in mind that this is still not public, so no one really understands what White Claw Hard Seltzer Surge is, how it's being utilized on the package, anything of that nature. Is it even I technically a product, or is it, or could it be a, like a slogan? 
the from what the news article says, it is a new product. So it the, would it wouldn't necessarily be a marketing campaign. It Seltzer could be. Surge. I mean, the, you don't have. It could be. You don't have in the uh, registrations for patents and trademarks. It's not necessarily a product when you're in the alcohol, like in the beer uh, category. Um, I mean, I I kind of wish that we had. Uh, uh, Brendan uh, could uh, tune in on this because he's a trademark attorney on Twitter. Uh, in real life, he's on Twitter. Uh, but I, I think that you can make us you trademark slogans as well. And if it's, I would think that if it's for a alcohol company, it would be under the alcohol, whichever branch of alcohol uh, uh, category. But if this is well, still a hush hush thing, I don't know how they necessarily know it's a product. Well, that's what. So Coca-Cola is saying that Surge is inherently distinctive, which I it is. I agree with Coca-Cola. I think Surge, the name Surge or the word Surge is very uh, specific to that soda. If you say the word Surge, someone's going to think of that soda more than likely. So I'll, I'll be curious to see where this goes. This was really quiet considering that, you know, going through the holiday week and things of that nature, there wasn't too much buzz going on. Um, so I'll be curious to see what comes from this. It looks like the deadline for discovery is January 29th and White Claw has till December 30th to answer the complaint. So next piece of news. Sorry, I'm just going to say you can get a case of surge on Amazon right now. Prime delivery. Oh, yeah. Same day. Next day. Same day. About 247 a can. Free delivery by Thursday, December 5th. There you go. For all your Does sugar it come needs. with a Whole Foods delivery? I, I don't know. I highly doubt that is in Whole Foods. <laughs> um, <clears throat> on to um, the next delivering beverages. Nice segue, Joel. Drizzly expands into Northern California through BevMo, which is a uh, West Coast liquor chain. My question to you guys, Ed, Drizzly is continuously growing and reshaping the way that the liquor sales or uh, beverage sales is being handled. Have either of you utilized one of these services or would you utilize one of these services? Sometimes sponsor of the show, Drizzly, uh, they they seem to be making a huge push all over the country, uh, creating more opportunities for people to get access to stuff like this. I have never personally used one of them, but I am definitely into the idea of it if it comes to the point like if I'm having uh, a party, need to get some stuff, and I'm already maybe four or five beers in and shouldn't be driving uh, around the corner to a corner store or a grocery store or anything like that. Um, I And from what I, I see there doesn't seem to be any markups on any of uh, these products as well. So they make, they make their money through their delivery fees that are associated with them. But uh, I, I think that services like this have their place. I mean, it shows in stuff like Instacart, Grubhub, DoorDash. Um, down here in South Florida, we have Delivery Dudes. That's a localized version of those uh, food delivery services. Um, Stuff like that is on the rise, and I think that uh, uh, something like this definitely has staying power. For me personally, I'm not really interested in anything that has like additional fees or whatever. So 
I'd be less inclined to order. I mean, if there was like some trial thing, yeah. Um, especially maybe around now if I'm going to order stuff that um, I'm giving away as gifts for the holidays. You know, I do gift a lot of, you know, booze and shit like that. So so I, I think there are some circumstances where I might utilize a service like that maybe once or twice, at least for me personally. Um, but I'm just always out and about and there's a strip mall everywhere here in South Florida. So it's not like I don't have access to liquor stores and, you know, we, you know, or I shouted out the new ABC near me recently on the show and um, I've been going there and, and it's it's like right next to a Publix. It's right next to Home Depot. I mean, like everything that I go to is right there. So for me, I'm just always out. So, it, you know, I don't personally need the delivery service. I see it really working well in places like, you know, big cities where, you know, you're not going to like find a liquor store and go drive there and pay for parking you know like if you're in some high rise i could imagine it being you know an awesome option but for me i mean we're like we're out here in the south florida suburbs it's just it doesn't seem totally necessary to me but you know if there were some initial trial offers or no delivery fees or whatever i'd, I'd probably give it a shot once or twice i i personally love the concept i am a avid user of instacart for costco just simply because i don't want to fight the crowds at the uh at the club store you literally um, have to fight people in those stores so yeah i would totally i personally haven't utilized drizzly i've been in a household with someone that utilized drizzly it was awesome it was amazing um it, it was relatively quick and it was exactly what joel and mike you guys both said which was had a few beers. It was a convenience thing. Uh, they got a text message with a discount code for, you know, hey, try out Drizzly. And we were like, hey, we need some beer. We need some booze. Ordered. It was quick. It was easy. Um, I like it. Uh, I'd, I would like to see services like this continue to grow and expand the way that Drizzly has and some of the other uh, on the market. And partnering up with uh, local chains or regional chains like BevMo seems to make the most sense um, yeah. as they come into different regions. That doesn't necessarily take anything away from the brick and mortar locations. I think that there's still a place for that. I like going in. I like talking to people. I like interacting All of these, with they work with brick and mortars to they do, do. The, yeah. yeah. Correct. They don't and, have and, warehouses full of uh, this stuff. They go to local stores uh, to pick up this stuff for people and deliver it to them. Yep. And and I like personally, when it comes to the brick and mortar, if I am out and that is easy, I like walking up and down the aisles. I like impulse buying uh, beer, whiskey, wine, things of that nature. And it's really challenging to browse a website and get the same experience as a brick and mortar in my opinion yeah that's that's true also you know i was just gonna say and not to make this a commercial for a sometime sponsor of the show but uh if you go to their website and enter your email address and subscribe to whatever email list uh you get five dollars off your first order and uh, i just punched in my uh address to see about delivery and uh, some of the options I have, and there is a huge banner across the page that says, one click to the hard seltzer section. You know you were going there anyway. There you go. <laughs> uh, com slash drizzly. Buy your seltzers. No laws when the claws get delivered. <laughs> now, is it going to be like 
you know, when they try to deliver your McDonald's and the guy has ate half the fries in the thing, like, are a couple of your claws going to be missing? Uh, if I was the delivery guy and I was not driving a motor vehicle, I may partake in one of your white claws. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but that's also probably why I can't work for a service like that. Also, walking for delivery just is not the most efficient way to do anything like that. I'll be there in about an hour and 45 minutes. No, I'm, o- I'm only three miles away. It's um, a beautiful night. Any other news, Phil, or is that it? That is it. Um, light week with the holidays. And, um, yeah, looking forward to bringing you some more seltzer news in two weeks. Thank you. All right. Very so welcome. the main topic for today is talking about bucket lists. I think that this is an episode where we kind of get to lay back, geek out a little bit ourselves, and talk about the things that excite us about our futures and this industry, things that we really want to do in our time in this industry or in just life in general, uh, revolving around the beer industry. Um, so we get to be a little personal here and, and maybe not super serious. We can have fun with this, whether it be going to a particular brewery or trying a, a beer that you've heard about for so long um, or doing a collaboration with, uh, with someone. Um, Phil, why don't you, you lead us off with something on your bucket list that you want to do uh, before you kick it? I'd, I'll start with breweries that I want to visit, and I have to say plural just simply because there's too many, but I to be able to visit and sort of check off the box with Russian River, Surly, and Night Shift Brewing would probably be my three right now that I love everything that comes out of those three breweries. I'm a, definitely a fanboy. And um, they they have eluded me throughout my travels, uh, over and over and over again. Uh, there's I I could literally geek out and talk about those three breweries on a very long long episode. Uh, Hopefully, jo- while drinking their beverages. Yeah. Uh, why why oh, I mean, is there something particular about uh, uh, some of those ones like? I, I know you were kind of vague on it, but like, let's, let's say Surly, for example, like what gets you so excited about wanting to visit their brewery? Surly was always one when I was very, very early on in conception when it, with beer trading, they were in a can. I love the fact that they were in a can. They did a lot of experimental stuff, but they also, their culture was something that was a little bit different. And Three Floyds sort of followed a similar suit where they seemed to really embrace metal music, sort of aggressive artwork, dark artwork. Uh, all of those things really sort of drew me into their company and their brand. As a, uh, they've, they've also worked with a lot of local artists that I'm fans of out of Minneapolis and Minnesota, all, you know, and, and to be able to go up specifically to go to darkness day would be a lot of fun for me in particular. Curious to sort of see how that festival sort of goes off in comparison to some of the other festivals that I've had 
the privilege to attend throughout the years, in, including one in our backyard with Hunapu that I have never missed. Um, so I'd love to sort of see how it's handled in the uh, great white north of Minnesota in October. Yeah, it, it, they just, as they've continued to grow and every once in a while we'll get some uh, direct shipments down here. And, and now I think they're distributing minorly in South Florida. I it it's always something that I just pick up just because it's a uh, it's sort of nostalgia for me. Nice. Uh, I when talking about breweries that I want to visit, uh, I this when I was making a list, I'm like I know I'm gonna forget someone on this, and I I I, I have Cantillon that I absolutely feel like I need to go see. Uh, Weinstefan in Germany. Lost Abbey, like to me, they're one of those original OGs of making some wild, wild stuff in this country and would love to go see their operation. And uh, fucking Allagash up in Portland, Maine. I-, I feel like my life can't be complete without going to see Allagash at some point and drinking a white uh, right where it's made and then some ridiculous wild beers amazing facility and some of the nicest people and just a beautiful state uh from what it looks like absolutely main brewing company is really cool too if you're around elagash they make there's so many little breweries all around there but driving up and into elagash we actually passed main beer company and that was awesome what about you joel I mean, you guys took the words out of my mouth. The very first thing I was going to say was Allagash. Um, I'm just in love with everything they do. I miss their beer distributed in Florida so much. They pulled out years ago, never to return. Um, I think they have the best social media, the best beer. I'm just completely in love with Allagash. I give them as much love online whenever I possibly can. When they first debuted those uh, white cans, I was seriously looking at, uh, going to the release, but flights from South Florida to Portland, Maine were just fucking ridiculous. It it was was too expensive, but I mean, that was something I was really going to do. Um, whenever I travel somewhere where white is available, I get it. And, um, so, you know, that's definitely, top of the list. Uh, I agree with Phil with Russian River. Um, New Glarus, for sure. That's one of those things nice where it's one. like, they're, yeah. They're, yeah, they're not even distributed outside of, you know, their state. So um, I might be going to Wisconsin in the next couple of weeks. It's either Wisconsin or very North Illinois uh, with my wife for a company Christmas party. So I'm really hoping I can figure out a way to at least get their beer, if not visit their brewery. Their beer is pretty easy to find in the state if you're in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I want to visit some friends like uh, Hanging Hills up in uh, Connecticut and Second Shift in St. Louis. People I really respect who I know make great beer. I've had it. They've sent it to me generously, uh, which I'm forever grateful for. And I would really love to go visit them and, you know, check out their breweries. And, you know, for me, I've I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before. If not, I know I mentioned it to a lot of people I talk to. For me, it's always about 
the experience as well as the beer and the brewery. And I think if you have an amazing experience, it's something you're going to want to repeat and something you're going to want to share. So, you know, I would love to go back to places I've already been and share those experiences with other people. Like, you know, I know I talked a few weeks ago about when I went to Sierra Nevada in North Carolina. I mean, oh my God, just, just unbelievable. Um, fuck. What was the other one I was going to mention? God damn. Oh, Bail Breaker in uh, Yakima. That is an experience. I mean, they're, they have hops growing feet from the outdoor patio at their tap room. It's, if you're in the Yakima Valley and you're watching the sunset, you know, over those hills and you're enjoying some premium, unbelievable hoppy beer, you can't beat it. And it's one of those things where it's like, not only do I want to come back here, I want to bring people with me so they can experience experience it with me. So to me, Bucket List is also about repeating awesome things, not just new things. So is there a beer at one of those facilities that you named, Joel, that you, or is there a beer that you would travel for in particular that is that bucket list-y, or is it just your experience? Well, I think it's the experience, but I think there are definitely things I would look to order Uh, if I were there and they were available, like if I were to be able to go to Russian River, I mean, come on, you got to get Pliny at the source. I'm going to get white at Allagash, regardless of like how much awesome shit they have on tap. And no matter how many states I can get it in, I obviously want it at the source. Shit, trophy brewing in, uh, trophy brewing in Raleigh, North Carolina. Those guys are amazing. They, uh, have brewed what I've said before on the podcast is my favorite beer of the year, a 10% triple IPA. I think it was called Triple Surfer. I would love to go back and get that again. So, um, and, and for me, I mean, my thing is whenever I'm going to a brewery for the first time or even the second or third time, I always go back to those basics. I always want to try their flagships. I'm not just going to go for the super limited hype boy whatever beer. Like I want to have the beer that pays their bills, that puts them on the map that shows what they can really do. I agree with you because anytime I've ever gone to victory, I always get a Prima. I'll have something else after that, but I'm going to have a Prima Pills first because that is one of my favorite beers of all time. It's my favorite victory beer. Uh, no doubt. Like you said, having having a, a pale ale at Sierra Nevada, having a white at Allagash, like go go to three floyds and have a, a zombie dust I, that's what when uh phil go you and ahead. i were there f- with some friends for a wedding and the first thing i ordered was a zombie dust yeah it was the hypey beer but i'm like this is what they're kind of known for now so i might as well have one to start off with here it's yeah it, for sure there there's something about just having that beer that made someone's name at the source that's it's it's hard to explain having a, a fat tire at New Belgium. Yeah, Pliny at Pliny at Russian River. It's it's an incredible thing. I mean, thinking about beers that I I want to search out and and try a lot of times goes along with what Joel was saying. Having that flagship beer at the brewery. I mean, also, God, I would love to have Orval on draft uh, someday, but that's. A thing that uh, uh, very few people get to uh, experience because it's only on draft at the brewery in the office of like the head brewer. So uh, it's good luck to that. And 
I can hope, I can dream, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's simple things like that that uh, are beers that I want to search out and drink. What about you? See, Phil? I I would travel. Uh, I it, this is sort of a double edged sword for me because something like Pliny the Younger I would travel for just because I've always wanted to try it. Out of everything, have any of us when, have it? I because I haven't. Younger, not younger, not no. younger. No. no, okay. So yeah, to drink Pliny the Elder at Russian River would be, you know, top. But to be able to go out and do the younger release and actually time it properly and things of that nature, and I know a handful of people that have done that. I would love to do it, but then I also part of me doesn't want to do that. Part of me wants to keep that just sort of at arm's length, just simply because, yeah, I could drive out or fly out there. That would be a really long drive, and and <laughs> finally get that beer. But does that beer live up to the expectation in my mind? And more than likely, having it at the source, making the trip out there for it, it would it would meet all of that because I would be so excited about it. But really, it, probably some of those house Cantillon beers. Mike, you brought up Cantillon as a destination. Yeah. I was thinking more locally within the U.S., um, but Cantillon is definitely one I would drive. I would, again, not drive, fly. <laughs> uh, lots of driving. Aquatically, I would apparently, to, too. It, yes, it, 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 over ships, and uh, it would take forever. But it, it, at some point in time in my life, I will go to Cantillon and and some of those beers that are only released at the brewery, I look forward to actually drinking there. They don't have to be the craziest, rarest Cantillons ever. I just literally want to drink within those four or five walls. Awkwardly shaped building with five walls. What about, um, are, are there any events that uh, either of you guys uh, look at and like, I've never done that. I really want to do that. Because to me, Oktoberfest in Munich is Absolutely. something. Yep. Yeah, I like. I think that is the ultimate event for me. I've never done Savor, and I would really like to do Savor, but I, I think that the end all be all is is Munich Oktoberfest. Savor is great, but the thing with it is, you know, it's kind of a beer festival, and at a certain point you're just going to stop giving a shit about you know this pairing with that and you're just like yeah yeah give me more of those pork things give me, i'll take another sample of that beer like <laughs> i mean shit i went like 8 years ago and i want to say the ticket was like 110 dollars or something like that so you know you're going to want to get your money's worth and you know i remember really being you know just wow they have the lost abbey uh, something cherry sour with this cheesecake something like that uh, and you, you know, you you mentioned uh, our buddy Blake earlier. Uh, it was either on this episode or the last. I don't remember who's keeping score, but he had posted a photo of Captain Lawrence Golden Delicious, which is an apple brandy barrel aged triple, I believe. That's going into cans this year. Yes, he had a can. He posted a picture of a can on Instagram. The son of a bitch, and I messaged him about it about how awesome it was because one of that one of the pairings at Savor was. That with this little mini uh, caramel apple pie, like a little tiny pie. It was fucking unbelievable. So, you know, Savor is definitely awesome for all those pairings and everything. But I just feel like once you get toward the end of the night, it's like any other beer festival. You're just pounding shit. And yeah, I'll eat that. I'll drink this. You're just, 
you know, really slamming it down. So, but I can't agree more with uh, Oktoberfest in Germany. I mean, I remember being maybe a few years into beer and, and having all those dreams of going to Belgium and this and that. And then one night I was up late and I saw something on PBS about uh, Oktoberfest and the the big communal tables and the whole party and the whole deal. And I was just like, holy shit, that's what I want to do. And that's what really put it on my list. And uh, I, th- that's something that I just, I got to do. I think we're really lucky event wise to have so many well put together events at this point in time in Florida. If you think about Wakefield's events and then you talk about like Maple Bacon Coffee Porter Day, you talk about Hunapu, you talk about Angry Chair, you talk about Cycle. All of those breweries are all very, very close. Um, they pull in people from out of state internationally to attend. So I think we're lucky to that extent to to have those in our backyard. So I think when it comes to, for me specifically, outside of like an Oktoberfest, when you look at bucket list events, how are they going to differentiate from all of those events that we have access to in South Florida? We, we can go to a beer release and we can go to a killer beer festival. I mean, Hunapu's turned into almost the extreme beer festival of the South, you know, and when you look at the amount of quality liquid that is consistently brought out to some of these anniversary parties um for small breweries it, it's amazing it, every weekend we could go to an anniversary party and have great beer so for me if it is an oktoberfest i'm li- I, I would still love to go to darkness day but outside of that i want to go to an event that's tied to something cool be it a music festival that has a craft beer tent and it sort of intertwines that music and beer situation Excuse me, Dark Lord Day sort of did that for me a few years ago, and that was an amazing experience because there were metal bands performing. It wasn't just a beer festival. There were people there physically to watch the concert and not to drink, which was baffling to me because as a beer nerd, I was like, why would you not want to be here and just get face drunk? So we're really lucky in my opinion, to have some of that. And we also have some of the best beer festivals with Jupiter and Treasure Coast um, in the area. So, you know, Grovetoberfest gets people flying in for it. It, We're really, really lucky to have the quality of events. And I think everybody has them in their own corners and areas. Phil, you've you've never done the Decibel... Uh, metal and beer festival no. in Philly, have you? No, it, it that that because I know Cigar one. City participates in that. Yeah, I, I, that was during my short hiatus. Um, they they participated, I believe, the two years that I was not with the brewery. Oh, um, okay. and that is a really cool festival. That would be something that I would travel for. There's enough bands that are involved that I would like to see. Um, there's enough breweries that I'm a fan of that I would like to drink and they line up and I several of my friends from uh, the local watering hole down in Fort Lauderdale laser wolf went and had a killer time um, to the first one and I want to say the second one and they said that it was just it was a fantastic event yeah it's becoming an annual thing it's like a whole weekend of uh, with I think like a Friday Saturday Sunday session that have concerts going like 
metal bands playing all weekend. But we have something very similar, and it's not as craft beer centric in Gainesville with Fest. And you could go. Yeah, up there I wouldn't call a that a craft beer festival, fun. though. But it, there's still craft beer bars that are there, and there are craft yeah. beer options, you know. And now with the way that distribution's going, it everyone has an anniversary, and so you have one of the smaller distributors bringing in extra product. People scroll that stuff away for you know cool stuff like that. So, yeah. What about uh, collaborations? Anything? Uh, I know, Phil, this might not necessarily be up your alley, but um, Joel, is there any any uh, people who... I'd collaboration-wise, mm, the companies I have worked for have had the ability to do a lot of really cool collaborations. So from the fanboy aspect of the companies that I work for, the companies that I have worked for, I would say... I, I mean, I think it would be cool to do a Canteon or have a company that I represent on a Canteon collaboration, then you could get into even some of those, uh, you know, your West veterans, your overalls, stuff like that would be a really cool collaboration on the Belgian side. Me personally, no, I don't want to brew beer with anybody. Collaborating sales teams might be fun or approaches to market, but I, isn't that I already your business? A, is collaborating it, it, sales? No, companies? that's more of a conflict of interest, I would say, because <laughs> you don't want to give everybody away all your tools. Um, but I, I think it is cool to be able to sit down with uh, other supplier friends and sort of collaborate on, um, you know, how the market's treating your team or you know which way you can move. So I guess that's sort of a collaboration. You know, I find collaborations these days boring as shit because not not ones I'm doing. I mean, I, I've only gotten to do a couple. You're special. <laughs> um, I mean, I've only gotten to do a couple at my current brewery, but, uh, you know, we just released one with our friends at Mad Robot. Shout out to Alan and everybody over there. Uh, we did a Red Saison that's really nice. We've brewed with Barrel of Monks before, and... I'm honored and happy to work with anyone because I look at it as a learning experience. I look at it as collaborative um, in, in more than just, you know, oh, two brewers getting together and brewing something like I really want to make it collaborative and, and bounce ideas off each other and work together on a recipe. And, you know, so many collaborations you see these days just seem so one note, one trick pony, you know, it's like, oh, we got together and we brewed an IPA or we brewed a stout that's going to see barrels and there's going to be adjuncts. And it's like, it's always just the same old shit. It's the same breweries who make the same exact beers getting together to make the same exact beers. And I honestly don't find it very inspiring. I don't find it very creative. And, you know, not, not to take away anything from anybody. It's just, I don't think some of these people really understand, like, how one note they're they're coming across online and i would so much rather sit at the nerds table and work with some of these underrated breweries or ones that fly under the radar and get together and work on some styles that maybe neither of us have brewed before or you know approach something from a different angle and, and work with ingredients we've never worked before or do some sort of process we've never done before or learn from each other rather than just like yeah we got together and brewed an ipa and threw a bunch of shit in it like I, you know, so like I said, I'm happy to work with anybody. Uh, I, I'm still incredibly humbled and honored to be in this industry. 
and and I love working with other people and I love its collaborative nature. Um, you know, if you want names, yeah, like I mentioned before, some of the some of the bucket list breweries that I want to go to, like our friends at Hanging Hills and Second Shift and Trophy, like I'm 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 so amazed by that trophy beer that I wanna hit up those guys and go, like, I'm not asking you how you did this, but how the fuck did you do this? You know, like it was an amazing beer. And, you know, 10% triple IPA with zero bitterness, super smooth and, and approachable and juicy. Like it was, it was definitely an experience and that that's the kind of stuff I want to learn. So, um, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm happy to work with anybody. I just, I, I don't want to do the cliched collaboration if that's what it's going to be. Yeah. And I, I could go on an endless list of people who I look up to, uh, who don't really even know that I exist, or people who uh, I I consider great peers or friends within this industry that I want to collaborate with, but really something that I think would be an awesome, awesome, or would be awesome people to collaborate with are my own coworkers who don't know brewing, or like, or other people within the company who might not be directly related to the brewing process. Probably one of the first people who I saw doing this or first companies I saw doing stuff like this was Cigar City. Recently, I saw a friend of the show, Bobby Bump, from the Right Proper Brew Pub in Shaw, uh, yeah. the Shaw neighborhood of uh, Washington, D.C. He's getting his servers, his cooks, his, his bartenders involved and helping write recipes with them and creating releases in their brew pub um i think stuff like that those are collaborations that excite me is getting the people who are on the front lines of your business even more involved in your business and getting them even more excited by like hey look you have a beer on tap now that you can have your friends family come in and try i think those types of collaborations really excite me uh, because you can see how excited your team is about uh, your beer. I mean, yeah, going and brewing with other brewers uh, is is fucking awesome. And I, I, like I said, I could just probably list for 10 minutes a bunch of people that, uh, and please don't anyone think less of me for not naming you. But like, it, it's keeping keeping some stuff sometimes within your own walls. You can collaborate so much with them. How about how about a little bit of a a wild card here? Anything that we didn't mention that falls under those specific things that is a bucket list item for you in this industry? Maybe it's a professional goal or I don't know, just something that hasn't come up. I I think it would just be consistent growth or uh just continuous growth. Um I consistently looking and striving to learn more um i'm currently uh, i'm still studying for whatever next certification i want to move down that road uh within the beverage industry honestly i i I think that that is my bucket list is to just never get uh, bored or fall into some type of rut where i'm I'm consistently trying to push myself and, and constantly trying to drive further and further with knowledge and experience in every facet of the beverage industry, not just beer. 
and and not just on the sales side trying to learn anything and everything that I possibly can that that's probably my largest bucket list there's not I you know I'm not saying that I've accomplished everything because I haven't but I I I want to continue to learn I like I want to as as much as I t- would probably tell people not to I want to open a brewery um it's it might sound like this weird pipe dream, but you work in this industry long enough, you're passionate about it long enough, you might come up with a great idea for a concept, and I feel like I do. Uh, so that's a that's a bucket list thing for me. I would totally uh, echo Mike's sentiments there. Uh, you know, Mike and I have talked about something like that in the past and continue to talk about it, and, you know, we just... I don't think it comes from a place of ego or arrogance or anything. I just think that we've been in this business long enough. We know how things work. We know we can produce really good beer. And we just want to be a part of something and and do it the way we feel it can be done right and be involved in the community and give back and, and do a lot of things that some breweries we've been involved with didn't want to do and you know, really have fun with it. I think some breweries take it too seriously and are so businesslike and others really miss out on the opportunity of, of being involved in their community and giving back and, and you know, having fun and, and working with their other local breweries. You know, it, it, it seems like it's more competitive the more we grow and the more the industry is saturated and you know well, that's so- because it is I'd like not to cut you off on that because yeah, you're right I, I, th- I think you're i think you're 100 percent right i think at a certain level and you still can do the business side and still have those relationships with other breweries but it is competition i mean if if we if the three of us don't see this industry as competitive at this point in time to any degree I, we're we're probably just sitting in our house ordering drizzly all the time because <laughs> it, as soon as you go out into the end and even when you look at drizzly's <laughs> website it is you know littered with options and so it yeah it is competitive and you always want to be one step ahead of you know the brewery down the street or the brewery across town or the brewery in another state um you know it, yeah but you guys come from the right place and frame of mind when it comes to opening up a brewery. God bless you both for wanting to do that. Um, I think that, you know, it just comes down to being able to take a step back and look at the larger picture and say, hey, you know, yeah, I am running a business. Yeah, I am having to pay payroll. But at the same time, there should be some fun involved in it. It's one of the corniest things, but I feel like it's so true. It's like, what is it? The man who never works uh, or whatever it is. Never works a day in his life, blah, 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 whatever. That dumb saying. It, it rings true to a certain extent. Mike, Mike doesn't know sayings.com. There you go. Uh, <laughs> you know what I love about Drizzly is that their logo is a grizzly. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's just, it rhymes. Like, it's not some schmuck, like, waiting out the rain with a $5 umbrella. It's a Ladies and gentlemen, there. Norm McDonald has joined us here on the podcast. <laughs> well, thank you for that uh, great analysis, Joel. Uh, Joel's other podcast, in case you didn't know, is uh, Joel Explains Logos, 
Uh, it's available on uh, Spotify every three weeks. I don't he enjoyed know the, the IP is. theft episode way too much. He decided to branch off and do it all on his own. <laughs> I saw a good one today of a Goosebumps cover. Just, just throw that out there, guys. A children's book, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Before we wrap up this main topic, anyone have anything else to add to uh, your bucket list? I update mine every year. Next on my bucket list is having beers with you assholes. That's very true. That might not happen. <laughs> Seltzers, then. <laughs> yes. that There you go. I'm in. All right. I think it's time for Last Calls, where we each are given an amount of time to just voice off on something that is uh, on our chest. No interruptions, no rebuttals. Phil, you missed last week, so why don't you go first? So my last call this week, I wanted to, if if you know me uh, personally, you know I am a huge FAU football fan to the extent where it is tattooed on my body. I should say the logo of the team. Uh, love, love, love this team. They just closed out the 2019 season, had an amazing year, um, really have come very, very far. Very proud to say that I am an FAUL. And uh, looking forward to what the team brings in this upcoming bowl season. As we head into the holiday season and more tourists are flocking to South Florida, all the snowbirds are coming down. Uh, traffic's getting a little crazy out there. We're seeing a little bit more uh, hectic driving situations and whatnot. And uh, I just want to say that if you park in the fire lane in front of any store, I should be allowed to key your car. I should be allowed to smash your window. I should be allowed to throw eggs at it. I mean, you're a piece of shit. You're self-entitled. There's plenty of parking spots, all right? Just go find one. If you're not even going to... you know These fucking people, they just pull right up to the store and just park it. Like, it says fire lane. That is for a fire truck. Oh, I'm just running in real quick. I'm just going to the red box. Yeah, I'm just slashing your tires, okay? I've had enough of this bullshit. Like, I have gotten... To, I, I once pulled up to the front of the store to pick someone up. Someone came out of the store, got in my car. I drove 10 feet. I got pulled over and got a ticket for parking in the fire lane. But everyone else, of course is allowed to just park there while people go Christmas shopping for three hours, and it's totally fine. So, fuck these people. Also, I uh, just want to let everybody know, uh, if you're going to tailgate me and ride up my ass while I'm going well over the speed limit, which I always do anyway, I am going to unload an entire gallon reservoir of windshield fluid on your car, especially if it's like a luxury car. If you're one of those pricks in a BMW or something who loves riding up everyone's ass, I'm totally unloading every drop of that windshield fluid on your car. And uh, I, I love it. When they start hitting their windshield wipers behind me, I know I got them. So, uh, yeah, happy holidays. Road Rage from Joel Cotton. <laughs> So I'm going to be, I guess, a bit of a downer and then an upper. Uh, so over the last couple of weeks, I've had a hard point in my life trying to get over. Um, I no longer work with Joel at a West Palm Brewery, and um, it's at no decision of his. And I won't get too into that if you want to know some more about it. I wrote a little thing on my Twitter account a little while ago. Uh but needless to say, uh, I have found at, at least a, a, a home for now. 
at a place that I'm, I'm really excited to be at, and that's at uh, Copper Point Brewing in Boynton Beach. Um, Matt Cox is a longtime friend and an OG of brewing in South Florida, a guy who I have a tremendous amount of respect for. Have been going and drinking his beers over at Copper Point for a number of years, and I'm really happy to be a part of the team over there and making some awesome beers. Uh, Matt and Laura, his wife, uh, reached out and was like, hey, we're sorry to hear about what happened. Let's see what we can do to try to help you and and you help us. And uh, I'm super stoked to be on that team over there. And uh, if you're uh, ever by Copper Point, let me know and uh, we'll have a beer together. All right. So that's it for Last Calls. Anyone want to plug anything, Phil? Uh, your MySpace and uh, LinkedIn still looking lonely? Yeah, I think I'm going to delete MySpace. But LinkedIn, it, people are hitting me up. So, hey, thanks for hitting me up on LinkedIn. Joel? Florida, D-U-H, Brewer on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, yeah, I, I used to plug Mike and me together at West Palm Brewery, but no. Uh, it's just me now. <laughs> I also uh, hate at Mike Loves Beer on Twitter and Instagram for me. And uh, the show is at United We Drink on Twitter, at United We Drink Pod on Instagram. We're on Facebook as well. And uh, you can listen to the show, whether that be on our website, unitedwedrink.com, or on any of the major podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Overcast, iHeartRadio, podcast addict any of those services where you can subscribe to the show and listen to brand new episodes every thursday uh our next episode we're going to talk about mental health that's our next main episode next week we'll have a mini episode with some q a another uh spotify playlist but in two weeks we're going to talk about mental health so we're going to get serious again um go to our store and buy a shirt sticker button unitedwedrink.com slash store uh, we have a brand new design the phil pomisano hard seltzer connoisseurs club shirt now it's available exclusive club it is very go help phil be the not only member of the club and in the meantime we'll see you guys next week for a mini episode we'll chat online we'll do whatever cheers cheers Phil Palmasano Seltzer Club, party of one.